When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, December 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, uh, we opened the show today uh, on a, a rather somber note. We got word late last night that catching prospect Andres Melendez, 20 years old, uh, passed away suddenly. Uh, word from the club is that it was, uh, they're, they're not releasing the cause of death right now, uh, pending notification to the family. But uh, this is just a shock to everybody in the organization. Uh, this was a guy that they acquired uh, for uh, a minor league infielder, uh, Mark Matthias, uh, a couple of years ago. And he was what, uh, you know, the third rated prospect, uh, catching prospect in the organization. Yeah, uh, uh, a good player, Joe. Uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, they got him in. Uh, from uh, Matthias, who, who played in the big leagues for uh, the Brewers last season at second base. And um, uh, you know, so he, he, was play, he played at uh, Lynchburg this past season. Uh, Melendez two, uh, hit 247, eight homers, 46 RBIs, appeared in uh, 73 games, um, threw out 33% of the, the – uh, the base runners he faced, the base stealers he faced, I should say, and just uh, just a sad day, Joe. Just uh, you know, just a, you know, just a a twenty year old kid, you know, and just uh, you know that that's always a hard thing for the family and and the whole organization to deal with. Right, and he was uh, he was in Miami, Florida, uh, for his off season uh, program. Uh, he's Venezuelan born, uh, and like you said, spent 2021 at Lynchburg. Uh, statement from the team reads, Andres is remembered by his teammates and friends as a positive, respectful, and thoughtful young man with a beautiful smile who had a profound impact on others. He will be greatly missed. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family, loved ones, teammates, and those who knew him. Uh, so it's so really the team not releasing a lot, not really saying a lot un- until the family has uh, you know, full disclosure of what went on, but uh, it doesn't really seem like uh, there was, you know, any sort of foul play or anything like that uh, suspected as of yet. That could change. Uh, we don't know yet. We we just we just don't have a lot of information about it right now. Yeah, you know, Josh Wolf, uh, one of the uh, players the uh, the Indians acquired in the Francisco Lindor deal, uh, 
was a teammate of uh, Melinda's at uh, Lynchburg. And, you know, he, he, you know, he posted a tweet just saying he was, you know, it's just how stunned he was and uh, how much he missed him and what a great teammate he was. So, you know, that kind of, you know, kind of just gives you a feel for what kind of player and, and person this guy was. Right. And, you know, just looking at Melendez as a, as a prospect, as a player, I mean, this was obviously somebody who the, um, the, uh, the guardians were, were sort of looking at as maybe a, a defense first kind of guy. Uh, but he had, he had made strides a little bit at the plate in, in this season at, at, uh, at low a. Yeah. You know, he had, uh, showed some power, eight home runs, um, you know, 40, drove in 46 runs, 247. Um, but the thing that caught my eye, Joe, is that he, you know, he threw really well, uh, you know, controlling the running game throughout 33% of the, uh, the would-be base dealers that he faced. Uh, you know, that's a pretty good sign at that, at that level, at that age. And, at, at, you know, at, you know, so he, he was definitely uh, progressing. He wasn't that big a guy. He was listed at 5'10", uh, 150, 160, right around there. He might have been a little bigger than that because those those are those those weights, especially, are never really too accurate. They went uh, after you know that they they come in initially right when they sign. So, you know, it's uh, just uh, you know a tough uh, a tough day, a tough uh, really really a, a, a tragic day for the family and. And, and the same for the organization. Right. And, you know, I, there's, there's nothing to say here that, you know, seems appropriate or fitting or anything like that, but just, uh, just knowing that there will be guys coming up through the organization now who, who knew um, Melendez and, you know, had experiences with him and they're going to carry that sort of that pain and that loss with them uh, as, as they advance through the, the Cleveland organization and, uh, you know, interact with other guys who are, are will eventually uh, be with uh, the major league club. So, you know, we'll we'll probably get to hear stories about this guy for for a while, and 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 just you know how much of an impact he, you know, had made and and would have made with this uh, with this club. Uh, just just a, an all around awful thing to have to to report on and and, and deal with uh, in the middle of the night so suddenly uh, last night. Uh, looking forward uh, again, we've got uh, another uh, prospect here to uh, to talk about today on the 40 man roster. Cody Morris, uh, right handed pitcher, was added to the 40 man roster uh, back in November uh, on the 20th, along with uh, a whole bunch of other, um, you know, young guys in the organization. Uh, Cody Morris, this is a guy who uh, we, we expect to see at, at some point, maybe in the the 2022 season, you know, you always need depth with uh, with starting pitching, and this is a guy who who looks like he can he can come out there and, and give you a few innings, maybe. Yeah, Joe, and and it it, it was interesting uh, uh, to look at Cody Morris. He was a seventh round pick in 2018, you know, and added to the 40 man as you said in November, and also added, you know, he joined his. Uh, his draft mates, I guess, Brian Lavastido was drafted that year in 2018. Mm -hmm. Stephen Kwan, uh, Richie Palacios, uh, you know, Nick Sandlin was a 2018 pick. He's already on the 40 man. 
And uh, the top two picks that year were Bo Naylor and Ethan Hankins. You know, Naylor's, you know, we, we expect to see Naylor in a couple of years. He just, he wasn't eligible for the Rule 5 because he was signed in high school. And the same with right. Ethan Hankins, who was uh, still had a year left before he was eligible. And he's recovering from Tommy John. So right. you know, that's shaping up to be a pretty good draft class. Right. Yeah. Both of those guys you mentioned, Naylor and Hankins, uh, will be eligible next year for, for Rule 5. So uh, we'll see if they get added at, at between now and then. But uh, like you said, back in 2015, uh, Morris was among the best high school pitchers in Maryland, uh, but, but wound up having Tommy John surgery. And, and as, uh, as sometimes happens with that surgery, uh, the guys come back and, and their fastball, uh, you know, maybe has a, has a bit of an uptick. And, and this is a guy whose fastball, uh, he, he, he's, a, he's a hard, a big guy, and, and he throws hard. Yeah, 6'4", about 205 pounds. Uh, this past season, um, he uh, in spring training this past season, he tore a lat muscle in the, underneath his right shoulder and, uh, you know, he'll miss two months. So he was kind of, you know, he was behind the eight ball for a while. And uh, when he did come back, uh, you know, he started out at the Arizona Complex League. Then, uh, you know, he made one start there, struck out 12 guys in four and a third innings. So they figured he was he was ready to go. Uh, he, he jumped all the way up to Double A Akron, where he made five starts and uh, posted a 1.35 ERA. And then he was on his way to uh, Columbus, where you know he spent the rest of the year two and two, uh, 2.70 ERA, uh, nine games, uh, 52 strikeouts in uh, in 36 and two two-third innings. Joe, this guy's a uh, you know, Morris seems like a strikeout pitcher. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, his total numbers uh, for 2021, he averaged 13.7 strikeouts per nine innings and only uh, 3.3 3 walks per nine innings. So, you know, he had his control kind of in going in the right direction this year. Right. And that's and that's sort of, uh, you know, is a, is a positive in terms of if they need to maybe stick him in the bullpen for, for a little bit, he can go in there and, and come in and, and strike guys out. I mean, that's a, that's what you're looking for uh, with a guy with a big arm like that. Uh, he, he really doesn't, he, he really didn't have an affinity for the, uh, the slider. They, they sort of worked on him when he got to the, the Indian sort of pitching machine and they, they worked on his curveball. So he throws fastball curveball and he does have a really good changeup that he throws to keep the left-handers honest. And, and really, with, with those three pitches, he can be uh, pretty effective, and you, you can see why he'd strike guys out. Uh, so three quality pitches. Uh, he throws hard. You know, could be a you know, lower to, to mid-rotation guy if, if he gets a chance. Uh, you know, we know that there's five guys in line right now to, to be a to part of the starting rotation as is, and you've got Eli Morgan between them. But uh, at some point, you got to believe that Morris is going to get an opportunity to start a game here in 2022. Yeah, I would think so, Joe. I mean, you could tell they were really careful with him just by his, uh, you know, his innings total. He didn't really pitch a lot, you know, a lot of innings per se, uh, I think, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, 61 innings total. Uh, so they were being really careful with him. You know, he had 93 strikeouts in those 61 innings. So uh, yeah, he, he might be more suited for the bullpen, like you were saying, Joe, maybe, you know, shorter stints. And, you know, he did a, his splits were, uh, 
you know, were very good this past season. 177 against right-handers, uh, 190 against lefties. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, this, you know, I guess this is a guy that, that could both go both ways, really. Maybe right. if you need a, an emergency starter or a spot starter, maybe he can come up, you know, from AAA if that's where he starts the season and, you know, help you out in a doubleheader or something like that. And that just be in maybe, you know, if, if you need some help in the pen as well. Yeah, that's you can never have enough, uh, you know, big, hard throwing right handers to, to sort of roll out of there out of the bullpen and and maybe give them a, a, a chance to start maybe like in the, the Zach McAllister sort of, uh, you know, role that, you know, sort of is able to transition between the two. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, all these guys want to be starting pitchers and, and, and do that kind of thing. But. Uh, Cody Morris, it, it looks like he's going to get his shot this year. Uh, I'm surprised he was only ranked number 22 in, in MLB Pipeline's uh, top 30 prospects for the uh, for the Guardians. Um, I'm wondering, you know, obviously guys like uh, Daniel Espino and, and are, are much higher in the, the rankings there. But, you know, this is one of the more major league ready guys in the organization. I think he's probably the most major league ready guy in terms of prospects who, uh, you know, haven't, haven't had any major league experience yet. Yeah. I think sometimes those rankings, you know, they go for the tools of a guy, you know, the flash of a guy, you know, the, the, the upside, and they're not really ranking the guys that are the closest to helping the triple a team or closest to helping the big league club. So I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, his average, you know, he was, he was right around 96 miles an hour this season. He said he touched uh, 99 in his first, uh, first game at AAA. Uh, and like you said, he, he said he had, you know, he had, has a little better feel for the change up in the curve and the curveball, and he's added a cutter. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, kind of, you know, as usual, just a work in progress. Well, I like that we're going through uh, a lot of these prospects and we're, we're at least talking about getting a feel for some of them. Uh, now before uh, spring training and before the season starts, because when they do wind up calling up Cody Morris sometime in, you know, May or June to make a spot start or start uh, one of the games of a doubleheader, uh, it, you know, it, it it's not like we haven't heard about the guy or don't have anything to say or write about him. I, I like being able to, you know, sort of do a little background on these guys and, and talk about them this way. Uh, wanted to, uh, just mention here, uh, hit pause and uh, let the listeners know, hey, uh, subtext is still going on even through the, uh, the lockout and even through uh, the offseason uh, where, where there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, Hoynes and I are having fun talking with you guys about some of the, uh, you know, favorite players, favorite memories. Uh, and you get, you get little insights like uh, the night that Hoinsey went to uh, cover a, uh, a basketball game and we get to talk about Bill Fitch and things like that. Uh, we, we do have a lot of fun with our subtext subscribers and it's a way to get your questions asked and answered here uh, on the podcast on a daily basis. Uh, remember, we're, we're here to, to turn that, uh, that, that subtext content into, uh, you know, uh, conversations here on our podcast uh, every day. So, uh, you can sign up uh, cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, go to Guardian Subtext, sign up. Uh, it's what, uh, $3.99 a month. And uh, you, you get all the, the, basically every bit of news that we know ahead of time 
uh, once this lockout ends, you're going to know about it before uh, before there's a post on cleveland.com. Let's just jump in and do a, a quick couple of questions here from our uh, our readers on subtext. Uh, Doc in Hickory, North Carolina, uh, he wants to know, hey, Hoinsey, uh, yes or no, A-Rod and Big Poppy in Cooperstown. Both will greatly benefit from the East Coast press, but both were PD, uh, PED abusers. Uh, then again, who wasn't in that era? I think there's, a, I think, a, you know, obviously you can say we're splitting hairs here, but I think there's a big difference between uh, Big Poppy and A-Rod. A-Rod tested positive at least twice, was banned for almost a year, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, with Big Poppy, I mean, uh, in 2003, that test was supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, was supposed to, uh, yeah, there, no, nobody was supposed to know about it. That's what, you know, that was the union, you know, trying to find out just how widespread the steroid problem was. And, and, uh, and supposedly, um, uh, <laughs> what, what's uh, you know big poppy's name came out and he still you know has denied it but he never tested positive again so i think you know i think there's a big difference between those two guys right and uh you know there's there's also the the court of public opinion and i don't think uh you know a rod fares as well in the court of public opinion as as uh as david ortiz does uh i, I don't know i and from a fan perspective i guess you, you as a as an Indians fan, you 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 see those guys and how much they just kill the Indians over the years, and you you don't want to see them in the Hall of Fame, but you also have to respect uh, what they accomplished on the field. Uh, a Rod maybe not as much as as uh, as Big Poppy. I, I think, uh, like you said, that that's a vote that might might maybe get split. Uh, if people could find a reason to vote for David Ortiz and a reason to not vote for uh, A Rod. I, uh, I just can't see how Ortiz. I mean, I think Ortiz gets in. I just don't think uh, A Rod gets in if the if the line holds with you know as uh, you know as the voting has gone for Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, and those guys. You know, and maybe in thirty years when he's eligible as a on a a, a veterans committee uh, a ballot, maybe he gets in that way. Hey Hoinsey, when does the Guardians local TV contract run out? Regional sports networks are losing cable subscribers and may not pay as much for the rights. Uh, that's from Jim and in Independence. Uh, I know a lot of people who can't stream uh, in uh, Guardians games, uh, anything through Valley Sports. Uh, hoping to see, you know, maybe that change in the near future. But uh, do we know when the the local? Yeah, I do not know. You know, I, I've got to be honest with you. I, I saw that question before, and you know, I. I I, I do not know exactly when when the uh, contract uh, ends. Uh, I thought it was for a. T this was this is the old contract, the old Sports Time Ohio contract mm -hmm. that that uh, they sold the Fox and then Fox sold to uh, Bally Sports, and I think it was it ran for, I want to say ten years, but I'm not oh. sure exactly when when it started. Yeah, it's the uh, the contract that's like the village bicycle. They're just passing it around to everybody, and everybody gets to take a, a turn on it, huh? Uh, we'll uh, we'll dig deeper into that, Jim, and we'll uh, we'll let you know on a future podcast uh, what we find out. Uh, hey, uh, last question here, Jim from Bay Village wants to know: During the current lockdown, what are Major League Baseball rules for players getting together to work out, or are there any prohibitions? Well, the only really uh, you know 
well, you know, if you're on the 40 man roster, you can't work out at, at the team facilities. You know, you can't talk to the coaches. You can't uh, talk to the trainers, but there's nothing uh, preventing you from uh, working out with your teammates, uh, you know, at, at some high school field or you go home and, you know, you, you, you call up your old high school catcher and to throw it with him, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, that's what players have been doing for years. And, you know, that's what we saw during the pandemic, you know, when they kind of locked out, locked out, uh, uh, you know, team facilities were locked down. Uh, you know, guys were, you know, looking all over for, you know, for gyms or, or uh, fields and, you know, just to play catch somewhere, building mounds in their backyard or the front mm-hmm. yard, like Carlos, Carlos Carrasco. So, or you know, going out to the desert and, and pitching one V one like Trevor Bauer and Jose Ramirez. Uh, yeah. They, we we've seen already. Uh, I, I've actually seen Bauer post some stuff where he's gotten together with guys and they go to top golf and they, they're throwing golf balls to get them measured by the, uh, the top golf technology on their, their launch angle and all that. So uh, interesting, uh, you know, different ways to stay in shape, I guess, uh, uh, stay in the game, but, but really as of right now, this is sort of the time when not a lot of these guys are, you know, into their programs or anything like that. They're just sort of starting to get built up and, and maybe do their daily workouts, but not really starting to build any, any arm strength or anything like that. It's, this is more like a maintenance period for them uh, at, as of right now. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe. They're still kind of healing up from uh, the past season. Right. It's, it's, it's more the ones who were dealing with injuries or rehabbing or coming off of that. And that's one of the reasons why getting Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali to make those you know final few starts of the season to know that they were back to full health and that they didn't have to be rehabbing through this whole time uh, was, was such a, a plus for Cleveland. Definitely. That's, that's a great point. And that's why maybe, uh, maybe that was in the back of the minds of not only of their minds, but uh, the organization's mind, because they seem pretty, you know, they're really determined to get them back on the mound. Yeah. Sounds like it. All right. That's going to do it for today's edition. And this week on uh, the Cleveland baseball talk podcast, uh, remember to hit us up on Guardian subtext, uh, cleveland.com slash subtext. Sign up there. Uh, Hoinsey, we will be back uh, Monday for one more week of uh, a prospect rundown here, uh, uh, five days next week. And, and that'll take us right up until the holiday. All right, Joe. 